0: you can open your Bible again to Ecclesiastes an Afrikaans Prerica Uh, Psalms Proverbs Ecclesiastes more or less in the middle of your Bible Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and uh, we only got halfway last Sunday night so I'm continuing at verse 10. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 12. But I've already uh, worked through verse 9. And applied that to us. So uh, if you want to hear the rest of that, you'll have to go online. If you missed last Sunday night. I'm uh, t- um, um, explaining the biblical doctrine... Of friendship what does the bible teach about friendship and so last week we looked at one of the benefits of friendship was reward and that's in verse 9 and then this evening we're continuing at verse 10 let's pray father in heaven lord of heaven and earth god of glory righteous father the holy one of israel We pray that you would speak with us tonight. The lion has roared, who will not tremble? The Lord God has spoken, who will not prophesy? And so speak to us this evening and strengthen our hearts under your word, through your spirit, for the glory of your name. Amen. Second benefit of friendship is support of one another. In verse ten, now maybe I should just read the text again, um, so you're familiar with it. Ecclesiastes four verse nine: Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So as I said, Second benefit, last week we looked at the first one. Second benefit is support in verse 10. In Cambodia, close to Vietnam and Thailand, in Cambodia during the war in the 1970s, there were two Christians, friends, and they were walking through the jungle trying to escape from the Khmer Rouge, or however you pronounce that, and they, li- they linked arms, they locked arms. They were standing side by side and linked their arms together, saying and thinking, "If we die, we die together." because they're landmines and uh, those trip wires and uh, other traps where they dig a pit into the ground with spikes in it, and they cover it with branches and leaves, and you step on that and fall. And so what happened? they did actually fall into a trap. They stepped on those leaves. They didn't know it's branches and there's a pit. But they stepped right onto those branches and they fell. And because they were linked together, they didn't fall into the spikes. They got wedged in this pit and they, they could scramble out. That's the idea in verse 10. For if they fall, one will lift up his feather. Two are better than one. You've got friends helping each other. Now, that's not only for literally falling into a pit. That's also spiritually. If they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. So you can encourage one another. Let me give you two examples. In the ministry, as a pastor of a church, sometimes it happens that you want to resign, that you want to just quit the ministry uh, for whatever reasons different reasons, but you just want to give up and th- throw, throw in uh, in English say throw in the towel like in anduk and Gooi and so I, after a Sunday night this must have been uh, probably six years ago or so, five years ago I think about six so after the Sunday night, everyone's left and I go home and I phone my friend Yanni Forsler and I said, Yanni, I want to quit the ministry and he says to me, Alright, do it. And you see it won't work. <laughs> You'll be back in ministry soon. And so he encouraged me. And a few years later we were at a conference together, him and I. And he was really discouraged. And we sat together in the room I was staying. And he was sitting there and he was confused. Just about his walk with the Lord. It feels like God is far away and he's calling to the Lord and he's very sad and I could encourage him and it helped him my brother-in-law and friend Vian Arlo who's now in Australia same thing at times where I was very discouraged and he picked me up and then times where he was really discouraged and I picked him up I could encourage him and help him now, if you're alone, if you don't have friends, who's going to pick you up? Who will pick you up when you're really depressed? When you're really in you, you feel you, you're in despair, you feel some of an net Who will help you up? Now you can answer by saying, but the Lord will do that. Well it's true in one sense, but as I said to you last Sunday night, God has given us friends. Even Jesus had friends. When Jesus went to pray in His darkest hour, except for the cross, but, but in His darkest hour in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus wanted friends. And He took Peter and James and John and said, pray with me. But they didn't. They fell asleep. But God has given us friends. Morris Roberts says, listen to this. This really is this like... Shook me up a bit. Generally speaking, when we are depressed and dejected, we should seek the remedy not in prayer and fasting. And you say, what? Listen to this. But in fellowship and friendship. As Martin Luther's letters wisely tell us, we should not go to prayer when we are depressed, but into the company of good people. Satan... Is always more menacing. Satan is always more menacing when we meet him on, on our own. So, the best thing for you and I is not to go to prayer alone when you're depressed, but to go to Christian friends who can pray for you and with you and read the Bible for you and with you and together. You and these Christian friends, together you come to the best friend, Jesus. So don't try it alone. God didn't create you to do it alone. And as I told you last Sunday night, I don't mean everyone should be married. But I do mean every Christian should have friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials? Have we? Have we temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Now you say, that's not my experience. I am discouraged. (laughs) Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Now you might think that's contradicting what I just said a minute ago. I think take it to the Lord in prayer with a friend. Go to your friends. Didn't you see that in Acts chapter 4? When the apostles, I think this that I quoted earlier by Morris Roberts. When Peter and John and the other apostles were told, you may no longer preach in the name of Jesus. What did they do? They went to their friends and they called on the Lord. Acts 4 verse 23. They went to their friends. Now someone might say to me, what about Christians in Afghanistan? What about Christians in North Korea? All right, they get killed for their faith. What about Christians in Pakistan or uh, in Iran? who could, They get put into prison for, for believing in Jesus. They don't have friends with Him. What if they're in a cell with a lot of unbelievers? What if they're in a cell with no Christians or maybe they're in solitary confinement? What about, what about a Christian in Harsland or a Christian in Ellen Park? who shares a room with four other women, or four other men, or three others, four in a room, and she's the only Christian. What about that only Christian in a a family? No one else in the family serves Jesus, follows Christ. What about that Christian girl at school, uh, or that grade five boy in school? He's the only Christian in his class. Or maybe you're the only Christian in your workplace. And now I've just told you, you need friends. Don't go alone. Get your friends to pray with you. What about those people? Thinking think in cases like that, we can certainly say, like he is with those who do have friends with them, Christian friends, Jesus is your friend. Jesus is your friend. Did you see the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, where John is on an island, who is with him? Maybe a Roman soldier? Where are his Christian friends? He doesn't have them. Who's there with him except the Roman soldier? Jesus. Jesus appears to him on the island. What about Paul? Paul is really discouraged uh, and he's in court and they're trying him in court and Paul is alone. And we read in Acts chapter 23, verse 11. The following night, the Lord stood by Paul and said to him, Take courage. do you like that song? He whispers courage in my ear. <laughs> when you're thrown into the pit by this world and you feel alone, Jesus whispers into your ear, courage. <laughs> He's with you. He is with you. What about another example we find in 2 Timothy? Man, I'm just going to maybe repeat a verse or two that I read to you last week. But here's Paul at the end of his life. And who's with Paul? Only Luke. He says, Luke alone is with me. But Paul says in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 15, it's like he's writing this letter to his young friend and said, Everyone has left me, please don't leave me, Timothy. Everyone has left me. And he says in 2 Timothy 1:15, You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me. Imagine that. You at the end of your life, everyone has left you. And he says, Among whom are Phygelus and Hermonages. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. For Demas. Or verse 9 first. Do your best to come to me soon. Why? Why do I want you here quickly? For Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me. My friend has left me, he's turned away from Jesus. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. All these friends are busy preaching, I'm alone. Look at chapter 4, verse 16. At my first offence, this is Paul in court, standing in front of the Roman emperor. What was that emperor's name? Has anyone got an idea? Peter? Yeah, which Caesar was it? Starts with an N, a very cruel Caesar. Nero. Nero. He's standing in Nero's court. Verse 16. No one came to stand by me. All deserted me. I had no friends with me. May it not be charged against them. Look at the next verse. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Jesus was with him. And so Jesus will be with you. If you're in a position where you want Christian friends, but they're not there. They're not there. And even ask the Lord, Lord, send me someone. Send me someone to come and, and encourage me. Just back in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus in Afrikaans, for He often refreshed me. He often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. When He arrived in Rome, He searched for me earnestly, and He found me. May the Lord... Grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day and so on. What a friend. The Lord sent him someone. Even though that guy wasn't with him in prison, man, you can just imagine. You're at the end of your life and the Lord sends you someone just to be there and encourage you. Just like the Lord uh, did for me, where I could phone a friend and say, I want to quit. And he told me, Don't quit. Don't quit. I told you about last year, at the end of last year, when I thought I really needed advice from older pastors, and I wrote letters and I got some responses. And one older pastor said to me, when he gave me advice, he said, This is an important point find your Jonathan. You remember David and Jonathan, good friends? He said, Find your Jonathan. and maybe for some of you, I'm just thinking of two people who aren't here tonight. Uh, Ailet, so nearly, nearly was her Jonathan. <laughs> but now nearly is gone. She's in Australia. And so Ailet now needs to pray for a new Jonathan. And so maybe that's the case with you. You had a very good friend. You had a Jonathan. But either the person has died or the person has moved somewhere else or whatever the case may be. But I realize this, don't don't just find your Jonathan, be a Jonathan to someone while you are praying and waiting. Be a Jonathan for someone and be careful, it's good to have your Jonathan, but be careful that your Jonathan doesn't take the place of Jesus. Because a best friend can never and should never take the place of Jesus. Now look at verse 10 again. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. All right, you're in trouble, Ansi. Uh, So you've got Ahanali, that's your Jonathan. So you can encourage one another. But on the judgment day, if you have fallen, who will pick you up? No earthly friend can do that for you. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus will be the one who lifts us up now and will help us so that we will be able to stand on the judgment day. You know that song that we sing? Now unto him who is able you know that? able to keep you from falling. So Jesus is the one who is able to make you stand on that final day of judgment. So trust in Christ and Christ alone. Jesus is the friend of whom I read earlier in John chapter 15, verse 13 and verse 15. Jesus is that friend who says, if you just get there, greater lovers, no one that th- than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. Jesus is the only friend who has done that. To save us from our sins. Even though in the army or some war somewhere, someone laid down his life for his friend, he didn't save his friend by laying down his life. He didn't save him eternally. But Jesus did. Verse 15. No longer do I call you servants. A servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends. All that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. That's what friends do, right? They share their secrets with one another. Jesus shares all these secrets with us. It's wonderful. Did you hear the Lord's secrets? Did you hear the the secrets of Jesus this morning? He shared his secrets with you, telling you how the Father loves you. Jesus is the friend who says to you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Your best friend in this life will leave you. I'm not saying your best friend in this life will stab you in the back. I'm saying your best friend in this life will leave you. Either you're going to die or your friend's going to die. But Jesus will never leave you. Now the question comes to you and I now. This is the question you must answer: Are you his friend? He's your friend, and he tells you, He tells you, "I'm your friend. But now, are you a friend like Moses? In Exodus 33, verse 11, Moses spoke to the Lord face to face like a man speaks with his friend. Now, you don't talk to the Lord face to face, but do you talk to the Lord as to a friend? Is he your friend? Saying, I want to talk to him. I spend time with him in prayer. Is he your friend? Like in Luke 12, verse 4 and 5, Jesus says, Friends. I'll tell you you, whom you must fear. Do you fear him? Do you respect him? Do you honor him as your friend? Are you like John the Baptist? In John 3, verse 29 and 30, when John John the Baptist says, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. I want him to look special and one. He must must be lifted up. Jesus must increase. I must decrease. He He must become more important. I must be less important. Is Jesus your friend in that way? Is he your friend in the way we read in John 15 verse 14? You are my friends if you do what I command you. Are you obedient to Jesus? Well, then you're his friend. And then he says, you're my friend. I think the emphasis in the Bible is really on Jesus calls you his friend. You know, let me share this with you. and Tell me what you think of this. Many years ago, well, maybe if I say many, maybe 10 years ago or so, I heard someone say, the Bible doesn't say Jesus is your friend. It says you are his friend. And I thought, what nonsense. What rubbish. If, if I am his friend, then he's my friend. The friendship works both ways. But you know, I thought about that maybe only in last year as I was reading my Bible and thinking about this I thought of this imagine someone you, you really look up to I'm not talking about someone in the church uh, I'm talking about a celebrity a very famous person maybe a famous Christian a well known Christian in, in Christian circles let's say uh, John MacArthur for, John MacArthur is not your friend uh, you might say, John MacArthur's my friend, and you go around bragging, I shook his hand at a conference, and you know, that kind of thing. John MacArthur's not your friend. But what if, what if at a conference, John MacArthur stands up and he says, uh, It's wonderful to uh, take this session and to preach the word to you. And wonderful to have friends here. Uh, my best friend Francois is with us today. Francois, what would you? Feel if that is said. Now that's just a human being. We know we shouldn't idolize humans. That's the idea with Jesus. So it's true that Jesus is your friend. But Jesus says of you, Amelia is my friend. That's big. (laughs) That's big. Now if Jesus is your friend... Then Jesus will be there for you when you fall. Even if friends desert you, Jesus will be there for you and Jesus will send friends. Ask him. Like Peter, remember when Peter fell? Who was there to help Peter? Jesus was there to help him up. When he sunk under the waves, you remember that? He was sinking. Jesus was there when Peter denied Jesus. And afterward, Jesus came. Peter denied him three times, and three times Jesus said, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus restored him, and then at the end of that said, Follow me. Jesus lifted him up again. And so Jesus will be there for you. Uh, my brothers, if any of you, should, if any of you are, is caught in, in any kind of transgression or any kind of sin, let those who are spiritual help such a one. Help him up. So the Lord sends those friends to help you up when you have fallen. That's what true friends do, verse 10 again. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. The third benefit of biblical friendship is protection. That's in verse 11 and 12. Now if you think, did I miss number two? I only heard one. Last week was number one. So we did number one, number two, and now number three, protection verse 11 and 12 my cousin she worked in England for some years and while she was in England on you know England's winters aren't South, Africans, South African winters uh, it's not Louis Trichard nee. <laughs> if you're in England it's cold in the winter and she got hypothermia hypothermia where your body temperature drops so low and it's like Nothing, nothing really helps to, to get the body temperature back to normal you can try hot water bottles and you can try blankets and you can get into a hot bath it's like nothing's really helping and you know what helped because they did try these different things what do you think helped verse 11 helped again if two lie together they keep warm so someone actually had to hold her and lie next to her until her body temperature gradually picked up and got back to normal. So that's what verse 11 is about. It's not about marriage here. This is just an illustration. Maybe even you're lost in the mountains. And uh, it feels a bit weird because you and your friend alone, you need to, like the puppies. We've got six puppies now. Uh, the dog had puppies. And all these puppies, last night, uh, the window was open. There was a draft. And you see all these puppies piled on top of one another. What did you say, Timothy? A pile of kittens? A mountain, mountain. <laughs> okay, so all these, all these puppies piled on top of one another to keep warm. And so you've got the same idea here. Now, if you're on your own, you're not going to survive. This is not saying just uh, getting lost in the mountains, you need to sleep close to one another to keep warm. This is about just life in general and about our life as Christians. We need one another. And I, I think I need to emphasize this for the men. Gentlemen, I want to say this to men here because some men think they can live according to the doctrine of John Wayne. You know, cowboys don't cry, and cowboys, we men, real men, don't need other people. That's nonsense. According to the Bible, you need other people. You need friends too. And as a rule, I'm going to say, I'm not saying there's never ever... An exception somewhere and I really need to think hard about this, but I almost want to say almost almost every time. Try and have friends of the same sex, uh, same gender. Uh, why? Because men understand men and women understand women. Uh, men, men are wired the same way. As you after Men talk about the same stuff bakis and braifleis and biltong and rugby and, and whatever else the men talk about. But men talk about the same thing, things. And the same with women. You don't want to sit there talking about knitting and with the women and let the women talk about knitting and whatever else they want, at the tea parties and let me say where to talk. I her and Maranay uh, and Lizelle so her and Maranay walked Two mornings a week, and Ern Lazal go walking just for a bit of exercise. I don't really have to ask them what they talk about because it's homeschooling and it's kids, and I don't talk about homeschooling to my friends. So, Yanni, how's Elmar doing with homeschooling? <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk that way. But Deirdre does, and that's fine. You know, ladies understand, ladies, men understand, men. You see, if you've got a friendship between, if the, the best friendships between a, a man and a woman, Becomes romantic too quickly. Now if that's your idea and you want to get married, fine, then be friends and and stara not we the rest is history. (laughs) So that's good if you want to get married, but if you if you're already married, you need same gender friends. A man needs a man and a woman needs a woman as friends. That's better. But even there, be careful. Because you now, now, you now need to um, strike a balance here. Because it can become unhealthy. I'm not talking in a, in a wrong or evil or immoral way. I'm just talking in terms of, I don't know if some of you have experienced this. Here's a husband and wife. And they're best friends, right? Uh, Song of Solomon 5 verse 16, my beloved and my friend. Okay, so they're best friends. But now this man also has got a, a male friend. And the woman, she's got a female friend but now you've got this male friend and he's a young guy and he visits his married friend and then he stays there till 2 in the morning and the wife's gone to bed already and this happens night after night he's just there chatting to his friend in the Lapa or wherever and the wife's getting a bit irritated, you know this listen, my husband come to bed it's a slop date now, now is on a knap down, he weet nie wanneer is het nou eindelijk tijd om to te gaan uh, I know of a case like that where, the, where a man actually told me, he said, My friend, that's why I said 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, He comes here and he's my friend, but I think my wife's not too happy because he sits here till 2 in the morning and she's gone to bed at 11 already or 10 o'clock. And this guy, I can't even say Okay, so be careful. Um, but uh, friendship between people of the same gender. Can be a very rich and a very strong and a very good friendship, like David and Jonathan. Now, I'm not going to read all these verses because I've got a number of references. You can just go and read the book of 1 Samuel and you see the friendship between David and Jonathan. Wonderful friendship. Uh, Richard Sibbs, a preacher from the 1600s in England, he said that a good friendship, good friends, he, he describes them as one soul in two bodies. <laughs> One soul in two bodies. They've got the same interests, a lot of common ground and so on. And such friends can protect one another from an enemy, against an enemy. Verse 12. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let me give you an illustration of this. So I know a pastor... And when this pastor was a kid in primary school, they had three brothers, and they lived on a farm, or well, they now live on a farm, but they three fresh And if someone would bully one of the brothers at school, they would call the other two. Hey, come in. <laughs> and they would come, and they would beat up this bully. Now, I'm not saying beat up bullies. I am saying our enemy is, enemies are, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so as Christians, we need to stand together. We need to help one another, just like David. David had a friend called Hussai. In the Afrikaans, he is say Hussai. His friend called Husai in 2 Samuel 15 and 17. Remember, remember the story when, when David's son, Absalom, wanted to kill him, and David had to run away? Husai was there, right next to Absalom, faking it <laughs> and getting some info so he could help David escape. So you need a friend like that. You need a friend like the Ephesians who prayed for Paul. You need a friend like in 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 where it says that we should flee youthful passions, run away from, from lusts uh, that young people have, run away from them. And then it says, And pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have friends you can pray with. Even when you're tempted to sin. Uh, I've, I've done that with my friend Viam. I've done that with my friend uh, Yanni. I've done it with other friends. Uh, saying, pray for me. I'm being tempted. And the same vice versa. We could pray for one another. So that's it, verse 12. That's the enemy. So if you're alone, you're in trouble. But if you've got a friend, you can support one another and pray for one another. You see, uh, real friends help one another spiritually. If they don't help you spiritually, they're not good friends. Like Job's friends. Remember that? Did Job's friends help him spiritually? They weren't good friends. So get yourself good friends who will help you spiritually. Get yourself good friends who will seek your eternal welfare. Your uh, Shall I think of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. He was a friend like that. In Handelinga 10, Acts 10 verse 24. It says, Cornelius gathered all his friends so they could hear the good news that Peter wanted to share with them. Good friends. Jesus, remember the man with the demons inside of him and they went into the pigs? And then Jesus told them, told the man, go back to your friends. Go to your family and friends and tell them what the Lord has done for you. That's what good friends do. They help one another spiritually. So get yourself such friends and be such a friend. Psalm 119, verse 63. I am a friend of all those who fear you. Those are my friends. So be such a friend and get such friends. So in this friendship then, if we say, if we say that uh, helping one another spiritually, those are true friends, what then is the common denominator? What's the algemene dealer in that friendship? What's the, the, what's the bindende factor in that friendship? As yeah. you Jesus Jesus is the common denominator. Let Jesus be the common denominator. If you can't agree on that, then you shouldn't be friends with that person. Now, you can be friends, as I said last uh, last Sunday, with unbelievers if you want to win them to the Lord uh, because Jesus was the friend of sinners. But they shouldn't be your best friends. If you want best friends, Amos chapter 3, verse 3. How can two walk together and the, and they, unless there is an agreement. to say, well, song? Well, Jesus is the alchemene dealer. Now, obviously, there are other, other things, uh, other, it's only words that I took. The long uh, interests, other interests that you have and that you share. But Jesus must be the common denominator. And if you've got Jesus in the friendship, what happens? Look at verse 12 at the end. What happens? What is the end of verse 12? Yes, cannot be broken because now it's a threefold cord. Now it's a threefold cord that's been twisted. How are you going to break that? You're not going to break that friendship easily. It's going to be hard. And that kind of friendship, that's really just a reflection of the harmony you find in the Trinity. Because in the Trinity, you've got a perfect relationship and friendship between the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. And your friendship now with another Christian and Jesus is the common denominator, that's just a reflection of the Trinity. One God and Father, one Lord, one Spirit, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one body. Ephesians 4, it doesn't say it in exactly that order, but all all of that is there. And you've got this this rope, (laughs) this cord that won't break. Now, it doesn't need to lead to, to uh, jealousy. I'm almost done, guys. I don't have a watch on me. Uh, but it doesn't need to lead to jealousy if a third friend joins the group. Because often it happens, no, nah, this threesome This is not going to work. Now are we three friends, and now you're actually stealing a bit of my friend. Now I don't have as much as my, of my friend as I would have had if you didn't join the party. Well, Daniel had four friends. So there's not even three. He has has four friends. And they were really good friends. Actually, the joy increases if you've got another friend and it's a true friend. Verse 12 at the end. A threefold cord's not quickly broken. So now we're not only talking about Jesus in the friendship. We're talking about an extra friend here. Let me give you a brilliant illustration by C.S. Lewis. I got this from C.S. Lewis in his... Yeah, his book called The Four Loves is a chapter on friendship so let's take three friends called Kuis is not here right so we can use his name Jan, Pit and Kuis <laughs> so Jan, pit and Kuis are three friends C.S. Lewis says he doesn't use these names but he says when Jan dies then Kuis hasn't got more of Pit to himself He's got less of Pit. Why? Because there's something that only Kuis could bring out in Pit. Only Kuis could make Pit laugh in a certain way. Or not Kwis. who died? Jan. (laughs) Only Jan could make Pit laugh in a certain way. Kwis will never again see Pit laugh in that way. Because Jan is not there anymore you've got less of him, not more. A threefold cord's not easily broken. The more the merrier. (laughs) If you've got real friends, don't say, oh, now you've joined the party and now you've taken my friend. No, actually, I've got more of this friend now. I'll see new facets and and new character traits in this friend that I never saw before because that friend, friend, the other person, brings it out. And then let me just close almost done by saying this a real friendship that is built on the Lord that is built on Christ, Jesus as the true friend and the greatest friend common denominator that is an eternal friendship that threefold cord actually is never going to break because it's what, what are the, I don't know if they still say it but the girls in primary school used to talk of BFF, you're my BFF best friends forever <laughs> Uh, that's, that's, that's really so, if you're a Christian and the other person's a Christian. Uh, and, and don't think, oh, having best friends, it's, it's not really going to happen. In heaven, we won't have best friends anymore. We'll all just be equal. No, you'll still have best friends. Just think of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. Did Jesus have best friends? John was his best friend. John is spoken of in, in the Gospel of John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. This is Jesus' special disciple. He was so close. Think of Abraham. Even after Abraham's death, Abraham is called a friend of God. Jesus even says, God is the God of the living. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the living, not the God of the dead. In other words, Abraham is still alive. He's with God. And Abraham is still called in the book of Chronicles long after Abraham's death and even longer after his death In Isaiah and even longer after his death in the book of James in the New Testament. He's a friend of God. Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19 and 20. Paul says, what will be our joy? What will be our our, uh, crown of boasting when Jesus comes? You. You, Thessalonians. He had a special relationship with him. You're still going to have that special relationship with that friend. When you're in heaven. And yes, be friends with everyone else and no more sin and so on. But still, huh? JC, Bianca? Think of that. Even though in heaven there's only one marriage between Jesus and his church, and Matthew 22 says we won't be married, uh, we won't marry in heaven. But think of this you will be better friends in heaven even than you are now. This friendship's gonna last. I've got friends like that. Uh, I've got a number of friends like that. Very, very good friends. But above all of them, above all, Jesus. Jesus, that friend. Jesus is that friend who will never let you down. John Payton ran from the cannibals on an island. These cannibals wanted to kill him. He's a missionary, Scottish missionary to the South Sea Islands, the 1800s. So he's hiding in this chestnut tree and the cannibals are after him in the night. They want to kill him. And he says he's there in the tree and never in all his sufferings did he have sweeter fellowship with Jesus than when he sat that night in that tree. And then he asked the question, do you have a friend? Who will not forsake you in your darkest hour? I'm asking you that question right now. Do you have that friend? Is Jesus your friend? And are you his friend? You see, in Jesus, says Proverbs 18, verse 24, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's Jesus, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And he'll be with you when you go through that valley of death. And on the other side, he will be there to meet you with a broad smile and open arms. And he will welcome you and so you will be forever with your Lord and your Savior and your shepherd and your friend. Our Father, we praise you. You who who call Abraham your friend and most certainly call believers in this building your friend. Lord Jesus, you who have called us your friends. Oh, thank you for this, Lord. And I pray that you would just lift up our spirits and encourage any year who feels lonely And who says, I don't have a friend like that. O Lord, please would you draw them to your side and to your heart. And may they be introduced to you, the Lord of glory. And may you accept them as your children. May you give them the new birth, that they may become children of the Most High God. And then turn them from enemies into friends. Through your death on the cross, your blood that was spilt, so that our sins could be forgiven. And we could be welcomed into the family of God as friends, as children of the Most High. Amen.